is the West Side King's Church podcast, where we aim to encounter and embody the surprising grace of Jesus. We're here. Uh, I think we're recording, Tyson. So we are. We, we, are, we are. We're good to go. Good to go. So if everybody's sitting comfortably, uh, let's begin. <laughs> yeah, let's begin. Uh, and if you were if you were with us last week, um, over the last couple of weeks, we've been continuing to build this on this idea of who is the Holy Spirit. Really, with week one, looking at um, that question specifically, who is the Holy Spirit around these uh, these biblical terms of breath um, and and just kind of within creation and and how that all worked. And then last week we started to dive into the gift very specifically of the of the Holy Spirit, looking at the narrative within Acts, which is what we skipped over in the first week to say, Mm -hmm. all right, when the Holy Spirit shows up, what actually happens and what begins to shift within the world of the early disciples and the early church and, and really what that starts to look like for us. Uh, Which just as a couple of things to recap on that, um, was one, it was this understanding that as the Holy Spirit came, Jesus says, you're going to wait uh, until the Holy Spirit comes. And the Holy Spirit became and showed up as a continuation of the ministry of Jesus. That's a really important piece um, that this, that the Holy Spirit showing up was empowering the disciples um, and the early church to continue the ministry that Jesus had started of ushering in this kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And and so we see this um, show up. In a variety of ways, we you see it in some miracles and different things that we briefly talked about in Acts. But one of the big things that we started to focus on um, last week was this speaking in tongues, this moment at Pentecost where the gospel is being um, explained in various different tongues. And every single person that is within this area that is hearing this is hearing it within their own language, which was a really important and crucial part in understanding of this expanding of the boundaries of the gospel itself to say Mm -hmm. that, yes, you thought, and the worldview would even suggest that your God is in a specific location. And if you walk outside of those boundaries, that um, you're no longer being watched or taken care of, but the Holy Spirit coming in and starting to, to use the disciples to speak the gospel in all of these different languages was this way of broadening the boundary line to say, and this gospel is for everyone. And that was for the Israelites an important for the thing for them to understand is to say, actually, yes, there's been this long, rich history of you being, you know, kind of God's people and, mm-hmm. and it's going out, it's continuing to spread. Fred, the work of Jesus is going to continue to move out, which is what he was beginning to usher in. Um, and so that's a, a very quick kind of Cole's notes um, mm. version. If you missed last week's conversation around the gift, very specifically of the Holy Spirit. And tonight mm. now we want to dive into the gifts, plural, more specifically mm. um, of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if you have anything to add there, David, as I, as I blitz through that there, but yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And that's helpful just to sort of, Hey, where do we, where have we got to so far? Um, I mean, I don't know, Tyson. I haven't, um, I haven't prepped you for this, so forget. You're welcome to say no, because <laughs> um, <laughs> that's ominous, isn't it? But um, yeah. you know, I wonder if it's worth sharing a little bit of biography about our own experience of this theologically as well. So you know, my sure. so I'll go first because I'm just dumping you in on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, sure. So you know, you know, because like for me. So here would be my sort of story would be one of, uh, you know, I, I mean, my parents became Christians in a, in a Pentecostal church, right, in their in their late teens, uh, got married, uh, felt very early on in their lives the call to go into missions work, which is very classically Pentecostal. Uh, we had, you know, Pentecostals have had for their whole sort of hundred or so year history, a very strong kind of missional drive, um, you know, in order to and and that, that's tied into a lot of theological pieces, which are worked out from what they see in Acts, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, right? So um, my parents then sort of waited a few years, did some training, uh, you know, and, and then we uh, we all moved out of West Africa when I was nine, right? 
but theologically, our, our tradition was was very, very focused on the Holy Spirit. So I mentioned in, uh, I think it was either last week or the week before, you know, my experience of going to church as a child, you know, speaking in tongues was a weekly occurrence in a church service, you know, prophetic words, words of knowledge, this sort of stuff was, was very, very, not only was it common, it was encouraged. So this was right. like, when we were planning out a service, it was, well, that's where the songs will go. That's where the teaching will go. And then this bit here, is where we'll have spiritual gifts, right? So it was, it was, but this became a very much a form of identification as well, right? So, uh, you, and there was some unhealthy sides to that, Tyson. There was, we thought we were better than everybody else because because we practiced the Holy Spirit gifts. And if you went to the Church of Scotland at the end of the street, you know, I mean, we were we weren't even sure they were Christians, to be totally <laughs> honest, right? Uh, and. You know, I mean, I remember, I remember in my early teens being, being home from, uh, you know, Africa and having a conversation at youth group about, about whether it was okay to be yoked unequally. You know that text that Paul yes. talks about, and, and so we yes. were classic young people. We're talking about it in the context of who can your boyfriend or girlfriend be, um, and is it okay to essentially go out with somebody who's not a believer? Um, but just to give context, what we meant by that was one of the guys in the church had met a girl from the Baptist church and we weren't sure that that was okay. Right. Right. You know, and that was the world, that was the world that we we lived in this world of superiority. So, so for me, then I went to a Pentecostal Bible college um, and, and started to encounter, although it was denominational college, I was blessed with very, very good biblical teachers there who started widening and broadening our eyes uh, to it all. Um, to think differently about that sort of stuff. And and then for me, I actually wrote my master's dissertation on the subject of the Holy Spirit in Acts because I was perturbed by how we had used the Holy Spirit as a sort of test case as to whether you were proper or you know whether you were in rather than out. And when I read Acts at an academic level, I realized actually that's not what's going on in the Holy Spirit here, right? So this is the Holy Spirit's not about finding who's in and who's out, but the Holy Spirit's trying to get everybody in, right? And uh, so right. I, I kind of started to think differently about that. Um, of course, being, uh, you know, Pentecostal for my whole life, and I would still categorize myself as as, as Pentecostal experientially. Um, I'm not sure often where I sit, if I was to be really honest, in some of the the kind of journey around that. But I, but if by Pentecostal we mean I believe in the Holy Spirit's active work in the lives of Christians and the church today to empower us to do, you know, well, to bring about God's justice and kingdom, then I, I'm 100% on, on board with that. Like that's, so I still, if people ask me, I say, yeah, I'm a Pentecostal, you know, um, you know, but sometimes, sometimes you have to caveat that before people run away. Uh, right, I have a friend. Right. I have a friend who's a Mennonite, and uh, we laughed at one of our first meetings. Um, he, he he said to me, "Oh, so you're Pentecostal?" I said, "I'm not crazy or anything, though." He said, "He said, oh, it's okay." <laughs> he said, "I'm Mennonite." He says, "But I have two cars." And- <laughs> That's and then funny. we and then That's we started funny. to laugh about how every every tradition that you come from, yes. you're aware of what you think other people think of you, and whenever you yes, say what very you are, much so, you know, so yeah. Um, so so for me then there became a journey to to actually you know become an academic who is also a Pentecostal. You know, right. is it possible to dive deep down into the study of the Bible and still hold to these sort of to these sort of beliefs? So right. so I find myself when it comes to a conversation about the gifts of the Spirit like we're having today, my experience of the gifts of the Spirit has been has been broad in, in terms of you know so I've been in the context of people. Uh, you know, you know, giving messages in tongues, bringing interpretations to tongues. I've been in context of and and have been and have, and have practiced that myself. You know, right. I have I've had prophetic words over me which have been hugely shaping to my life. Um, I have yeah. had prophetic words over me which have been utter nonsense. Um, and turns out, on reflection, that probably wasn't a prophetic word. That was right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just somebody trying to tell me what they wanted me to do. Um, right. And. Uh, you know, I've I've been in the context of people being healed. You know, I, I've seen that happen. I've prayed for people and they've been healed. So I've had this sort of kind of varied experience, but also have found myself so often looking into the gifts of the spirit and seeing them abused, uh, seeing people, uh, you know, so like we used to have these meetings where we would, um, you know, we would pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit. 
Um, and, and what we often got blurry on that was what we ended up doing was we were praying for people to speak in tongues and, and, right. and how long somebody was prayed for and whether they were released after being prayed for related to whether or not they spoke in tongues. So we right. ended up with this very, very narrow view of, you know, what we saw in Acts, people yeah. speaking in tongues. That's the only experience we would accept right. as, as valid. And so right. for, for me, then there became a wider journey throughout my adult and academic life of why do we, and, and I'm skirting very close to the boundary lines and Pentecostalism. So, uh, you know, because some Pentecostals to this day would still stay, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Like a, like a good pair of shoes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They always come with tongues. Yeah. And, and yeah, no, and, and that sense, and if you don't do that, then it's not a proper, yes. you know, whereas, whereas I would sort of find myself in the context of there are many gifts of the Holy Spirit and, yes. and, and it does seem that in the early church, tongues was a very common gift to have. Yes. Uh, but but Paul definitely seems to be open, and we'll see that in some of the texts we'll look at this evening. Paul seems to be open to the possibility that not everybody does speak in tongues. Yeah. And there's going to be a larger piece of Paul that's going to, and we'll get again, get to yes. it too, to say, actually, at the end of the day, the gifts are about unifying the, bo like the body and the church. Yes. And bringing together. And, you know, he's going to talk about if you only have one gift... Mm. It, it's it's not helpful the body doesn't function if you're all yes. it knows right as we start yes. to you know unpack yeah. that so i felt it was important because I, I realized there's probably some you know you know I'm, I'm this british guy who's come in from the uk and sure. uh, you know I, and you realize we're talking about this i wonder if it's helpful and if it's not been helpful for anybody listening then i apologize for that for that detour but that's kind of where i find myself now is you know when i read the narrative of acts i find it compelling Right. And I find and when I read Paul, I find him compelling. I don't feel like there's a point in history. Uh, this, you know, this would be me rejecting what would be known as cessationism, if anyone's heard of that term before, which is the idea that somewhere the Holy Spirit just stopped working. So so my premise would be as a lifelong Pentecostal. People come to me sometimes and say, you know, the Pentecostals, they've got some problems. And I say, hey, listen, you don't know half of the problems the Pentecostals have got. I've been here my whole life, you know. Right. Um, and so, but then again, I, you know, I, I'm friends with some pretty senior Anglicans in the city and they're like, oh, we've got problems too. <laughs> so, right. so, so I've learned to settle in, you know, every family has its quirkiness, right? And every family has its, of has its place. But, uh, but I feel like for me, what does it mean to be a Pentecostal is to believe and this is just for me, right? You know, it, because you could come along and say, hey, well, listen, I'm a Baptist and I totally 100% agree with that. And I'm absolutely fine with that. But for me, it's to look for the active presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our churches so that we might serve God's mission better. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so maybe that's not helpful. But then if you wanted to jump in on that, Tyson, say, hey, well, listen, yeah, this no, has been I'm my experience. You know, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's good, you know, as you said at the end, that it's, you know, the presence of God at work. Um, because I think it often gets kind of um, there's some assumptions that are made about how the Holy Spirit's supposed to work in what areas. And some people think actually what's going to show up as a gift of the spirit in their life isn't actually one because it's not really talked about or celebrated or, mm. you know, honored in ways that it probably should be. And mm -hmm. I would say in, in my own upbringing, uh, in the, you know, in the denomination that I grew up in, there wasn't, you know, as a, as a younger person, mm. you know, I say that now only as a 30 year old, as if that makes me, <laughs> um, you know, for 20 ish years of my life, um, in a denomination that really didn't talk a lot about it. Mm. Um, and, and so I would say even after graduating high school, I didn't actually have a great understanding, um, of how the Holy Spirit really worked within, uh, mm. within what it meant to follow Jesus and within my own life. And so I would say this is actually still even a relatively new journey for me to be on. Right, and I okay. would say, you know, as early as six, seven, you know, kind of years ago where I really started to dig in to say, I've got to really start to wrap my head around what this looks like and what it means because there's too much to ignore in some senses. Um, so if I can be bold enough to say, Hey, I'm, you know, th this is something that I'm exploring in the denomination that I grew up in. I actually went to participate in for the last couple of years when I was in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. um, and what I've seen is actually that denomination shift and swing the pendulum really far back mm -hmm. the other way. So they, for a long number of years, there was no real conversation. There wasn't 
you know, mm. a section of the service that was blocked off for like Holy Spirit time. It was like yeah. really rigid of we start, you're going to follow the order mm. we're going to end and you're all going to go home. Um, and now it, what I saw when my two years there was there's this really big shift into exploring a whole whack of stuff um, mm. that I won't take us down the rabbit trail on that I think, you know, some of it is... I wrestle with it because I go, I appreciate their willingness to dive into this. Mm -hmm. And I understand that there's going to be some mess with that. But as I've been processing, I'm going uh, a little art into some, into some specific areas again. And I know I'm, uh, that's vague and probably going to keep people wondering what is that? Spe those are specific. <laughs> Tyson will be running. Tyson will be running his own short circle <laughs> yeah. in a few weeks time about that. Yeah, but that's, uh, but you know, so it's, it's been an interesting journey. And so I would say in my own life, there's been growth again over the last few years of exploring that, have, uh, living with expectation of how the Holy Spirit shows up in my life and mm. with greater understanding of the gifts. I have also, you know, had the privilege of being able to pray for people and watch Jesus heal them mm. um, and been a part of, you know, having words to share again, some that yeah. are legit and others you're like, I think I missed it. But as, as yeah. I've learned it, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather be wrong than miss it in some senses. Yes. Um, and, and it's a part of learning and growing and, and you're going to make mistakes. And I always think about how God just delights in our efforts and yes. in our willingness and knows our hearts behind things, even when we, you know, don't do it perfectly. Um, and that's, and that's been a huge learning piece for me, even within the last few years is just learning God's delight in my efforts as I explore this to say, okay, God, you want to work through your spirit in me. And here's how I think it it's playing mm. out today. Yes. And, and I don't always get it right. And I probably fail more times than I'm right even. Um, but there's been a comforting piece in that as I continue mm. to learn and grow and ask questions and seek and, um, yeah. you know, and, and really trust that Jesus yeah, yeah. will, will even make something of my utter failures, um, <laughs> which, which there are many. So, well, it's, it's funny. Cause I was, there's two things that used to strike me. One is that, yeah, I mean, the whole conversation, even about, Hey, what have we experienced? What have we encountered? I, I hope that's not coming across as boastfulness, but more a sense of this has been in my experience. This has been your experience where, yeah. you know, and, and God's been really gracious to be involved in those sort of situations. Uh, I was also, you know, I was just reading, um, Mark chapter eight today, uh, and Jesus' conversation with Peter at Caesarea Philippi. And, you know, and Jesus says, hey, this is what the Messiah is going to do. And then Peter, you know, the, the text says rebukes Jesus, which is pretty bold, right? You know, like, like there's things I'm willing to do and rebuke Jesus isn't on the list, right? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he rebukes Jesus. Um, and, you know, and then Jesus pulls him aside and says, hey, get behind me, Satan. You know, you're not even thinking the right way. Um, which is pretty tough as well. And then I've just, it, you know, something strikes you afresh in the text for the first time. The very next, like literally, like a few verses later, Jesus takes Peter and John and they go up this mountain and they have this experience of the transfiguration. And I just was reflecting on that pattern of discipleship that, that within one breath, in terms of the reading of the story, yeah. Peter's like, being called Satan by Jesus. And then the next minute, Jesus is like, come for this really special moment that we're going to just experience God's glory. Uh, I love yeah. the fact that, you know, Peter doesn't get, you know, back of the line, Peter, you're Satan now. So I'm going to promote Thaddeus into your position. And I thought, what a beautiful reminder, even, you know, it reminds me of what you were saying about, about God and the Holy Spirit there, that God is okay with our mistakes, you know, and we're, you know, sometimes yeah. our earnestness and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, that's, and that's been, and l let me say this, like I've, I've never spoken in tongues. I haven't, it hasn't been a part of it. So I, I, I want to make sure that that's clear too. Cause I, mm. you know, as you said, I don't want it to be boastful. I don't want it. I, yeah. there's certain ways that God has, you know, shown up in my life and I've had the mm. privilege of participating um, in some things. And then there's other stuff that, you know, working in a Pentecostal church, they look at me and go, I'm not sure you should be a pastor, but I, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a bit offside, just, but, yeah, but just to be clear, I have never thought this. <laughs> no, but there's any, yeah, uh, <laughs> denominational stuff. But anyways, that's, I'll leave you dig, dig, your, dig your own hole there, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyone. We love from, you. Yeah. The denomination listening. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but that's right. That's yeah. 
there's and there's been stuff that I think is just showing so up. Actually, but, but let's just jump in on that to help people, right? Because yeah. this is important, actually, what you've said just there. Like, I know what you said it slightly, and I tease you a little bit, right? Yeah, of course. But, but this is exactly the point that I was trying to argue way back, oh, goodness, I don't want to say how many years ago when I was writing my master's degree, that if we make tongues, uh, well, you're now second class, or you're not quite as good as me or something like that, then we've missed the whole narrative of the Holy Spirit. Right? Yes. Why does that matter? Well, for me, that matters for everybody who comes to Westside, right? So, you know, well, you know, I'm at a Pentecostal church, so I don't speak in tongues, so I'm just going to keep that quiet. Well, no, that's not something like I, I want to say, I appreciate your honesty on that. Because if we're not able to be honest about that, then what we're just saying is, well, these, there, there's, there's kind of, upper class and lower class Christians. Yeah. We just don't talk about it, but it's still there. Yeah. Right? And why, one of the things I want to unpack a little bit tonight is how does Paul perceive that? And how do we avoid the speaking in tongues becoming this sort of shibboleth almost to use that story in the, in the, in the judges where, you know, this word shibboleth is put forward. And if you can say it, you're in, and if you can't, you're in trouble sort of thing. Um, I, and even it's interesting what you're talking about, your experience within a different denomination is is to watch that denomination move towards this sort of stuff. Interestingly, if we were talking about global, well, Western Pentecostalism has been trying to move away from it. Yeah. So, so actually, if you go to a Pentecostal church regularly now, you won't see much operation of the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, just as right. a piece of cultural critique, here's what I find fascinating is to actually watch Hillsong worship. Right now, I don't know if you've noticed over the years, but Hillsong worship have these things now, and um, and uh, you'll see them doing this thing where they're leading a song, and then the song will break into a period where there's a lot of, and I don't even know what the professional term for it is, but la la la's and ooh oohs, and you know what I'm talking about. There'll be a whole sequence of, of no, as a, as an as a old school Pentecostal, it's really fascinating for me to watch it because when I see this type of worship happen, and it's in a lot of the latest Hillsong songs. I know 20 years ago, that was where everybody was speaking in tongues, right? That was, that was the bit of the service where that was the bit of the song where you'd have free worship and people would bring, and it's been replaced now with this kind of ooh, ooh, ooh and la, la, la sort of right. thing. Now, I'm, yeah. I'm not wanting to reroute our talk into a, a critique of that, but what you're seeing is actually Pentecostalism trying to shift away from its periphery. Um, and I'm not sure that that's a good thing. Right? Because actually what in what we do, and I think what it comes from is a sense of, ah, you know, people, people think this is a little bit weird. Um, and, and in fairness, some, some people would because we've not practiced our Pentecostalism biblically. Uh, but you're seeing this sort of shift. So I, it's almost, yeah. I, I had a friend, you know, a few years ago left the Pentecostal church and, uh, and, and joined an Anglican church. And I, I, I called them up uh, after a little while and said, how's it going? And they said, it's really funny. They said, because all my years of being in the Pentecostal church never for prepared me for how charismatic the, this Anglican church was. Right? <laughs> right, so, yeah. so I think over a hundred years, the whole thing yeah. has shifted and changed. Now, now people yeah. might be listening to us going, well, why on earth are we talking about this? For me, it's to establish this point. If we can, as a Christian community, say everybody's welcome, Right. Regardless of the journey that you've been on with the Holy Spirit, then I think we're failing to properly represent the Holy Spirit. You know, right. Um, right. so we might have somebody who might even say, you know what, when you talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, I don't even know that I can relate to that in my own life. And I just would want to establish that this isn't a dividing thing. Right? It yes. can't yes. be a yeah, dividing thing. So, so yeah. you know, so here's you and me, colleagues, pastors on the same team you know, I'm like, I'm not even flinching at you saying, you know, Hey, but I, I don't speak in tongues. Right. Um, yeah. and, and, and that, and whereas I have worked in context where, you know, there would be kind of questions going, how did you even get hired? Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course. And so, so I hope that filters down then through to our community to sort of say the same must be true of everyone. You know, do we yes. want to see God's spirit working? Of course we do. Uh, but but we're but we're not going to exclude people who aren't sure where they stand on that or who have differing experiences or you know I'm pretty sure we possibly do have Pentecostals in our community who say well hey you know speaking in tongues is everything because that's the journey that they've been on and for totally. me our pastoral role and therefore you know and I'm not excluding everyone else by saying it because it becomes then our community role is how do we as a community live together saying we want to see the Holy Spirit work and active in our lives but we also appreciate that different people 
are going to have differing experiences of that. Yeah. And this is the, this is the tension that I found without trying to sidetrack us. Cause I think we need to, people are probably like, let's get into the gifts of the spirit and start <laughs> talking about them. And we're, 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 we're dancing around the subject mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but I do think that this is what you said is an important piece that I've been wrestling in again, in my own journey of what does it look like to live within those tensions? And I think Mm. it's something we haven't actually done as a church, capital C, very well. There's been certain things that um, if you were to say category A, category B, there's Mm. a lot of things that I would probably put in a category B camp that we have split hairs on and divided on and pointed fingers at and talked poorly of uh, and haven't learned how to navigate that together and say, Mm. actually, we may have some of those things that we do differ slightly in our own journey on, um, Mm. but they don't take away from what Jesus is actually trying to do um, Mm. and our role and how we participate in that again. Mm. Um, And so I, yeah, I think you're bang on. Mm. So, so let me say this briefly then, and, 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 and then lead us, Tyson, into some conversation about the actual gifts themselves. But I, yeah. I don't want us to see that's not a big sidetrack where we started. I actually think that's laying down, and I feel bad at some level. Maybe we should have said this two, well, three weeks ago now. So apologies for not saying it three weeks ago. Is, is I want to live with that very low first step at Westside, that sense of you yes. just let's all be welcome. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, we've kind of said, what, let me just say this real quickly and then, you know, lead us into some thoughts on the gifts. But what I think is important to say, based on the conversation we had even last week, is that we talked last week about this gift of the Holy Spirit. But remember, the the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or to use Luke's better language, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, is is it's a gateway drug. Right? It's a, yes. It's a, it's 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 a it's not the end goal. So the end goal is not to be filled with the Spirit just so that you can say you are. The end goal is not to be filled with the Holy Spirit just so you can speak in tongues. You see very clearly in Acts, the the reason you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to move with the church of God into the mission of God. So so it's like you'll get the Holy Spirit and now you're going to be witnesses and and now you're going to drive the mission of God forward. Um, Yeah. So, so whatever gifts we then talk about, it's important to have that, I don't know if that's, that's what you would call an abstract view of it, but a slightly step back from it is that is, is my desire or interest in the gift of the Spirit just so that I can have it, or is it because I want to be, to be further empowered for the journey of helping the church? Totally, and I think that there's, there's valid um, pursuit of the... Uh, uh, of certain ones that I think have a genuine heart around wanting to participate. And I think that sometimes there's a heart behind just wanting to say you participated in that, which I don't think is the right heart um, in how we, you know, in how we pursue the gifts of the spirit. And so, um, and and this is where Paul, Paul, you know, spends some good, a good chunk of time um, exploring this in first Corinthians. Um, and he, he, you know, he kind of kicks it off in first Corinthians 12, but it kind of runs if you were to continue to read over a couple of chapters and, you know, reshapes, you know, even how we look at his love chapter and all of those things. When you start to take a larger, um, view of what Paul's really trying to talk about. Um, and so if you, if you have a Bible or, you know, your Bible gateway or whatever open first Corinthians 12, um, is starting in verse one is where Paul picks this up and starts to, well, essentially spend a chapter um really laying some foundational um Mm. work around the spiritual gifts and so i'll I'll maybe just read a bit of it and then we can jump into some of the conversation so in first corinthians 12 verse 1 paul says now about the gifts of the spirit brothers and sisters i do not want you to be uninformed you know that when you were pagans somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols therefore i want you to know that no one who is speaking by the spirit of god says jesus be cursed and no one can say jesus is lord except by the holy spirit there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them there are different kinds of service but the same lord there are different kinds of working but in all of them and in everyone it is the same god at work Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good to one. There is given through the spirit, a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of 
tongues and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of, of one and the same spirit. And he distributes, distributes them to each one, just as he um, determines. And I mean, that's a, that's a pretty chunky, there's a lot <laughs> there. Um, I think the biggest one, you know, maybe to start with, and we can keep going and working our way through first Corinthians mm-hmm. too. And, you know, so jump in David as well, because it keeps going um, mm-hmm. as we do that. But I think to start when he's talking, when Paul's talking about the gifts, it's this Greek word of charisma. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, really where this word kind of charismatic comes from that, that we get that it's this understanding that this is, oops, as I click on all sorts of things as I'm looking at stuff here. Um, but this is, um, yeah, it's our understanding of this, you know, when we hear charismatic, we think very supernatural, very out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's mm-hmm. kind of this working, uh, and charisma we think of as charm, I think in some senses. Yeah. As it's well. interesting. So there's, yeah. there's these two kind of words that are working together as Paul's talking about what the spirits look like, um, mm-hmm. as they kind of are used in you, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. Yeah, no, I've I've often wondered about that word, the way we use charismatic as I think that traces it back into uh, kind of slightly more ancient times where it was perceived that somebody who had what we'd call a charismatic personality had been given that personality by the gods. That, and I think that's how it makes its way down into our world as right. a pretty outgoing type person. Uh, but then in theological terms, we're trying to hold on to that sense of, you know, yes, it's a gift by by God. Um, and, and I do just throw into that, Tyson, as well, the sense that um, just looking at the text, not only is it a gift by God, but it's a but it's a gift that has that have supernatural elements to it. Right. Yes. Um, and why, why do I want to draw? You know, yeah. Like everybody's like, yeah, of course. Right? But actually, here's here's why I think that's important to note. You know, if you're just naturally really good at something, that's not what Paul's talking about here. You know, right. So, so when he yeah. talks about you have the gift of speaking in tongues and somebody else just happens to be very good at languages, yeah. Paul's not confusing these two things. You know, so so, yes. you know, the disciples. You know, I I remember my old Holy Spirit uh, pneumatology lecturer at, at at Bible College sort of saying, you know, that if Peter was halfway through and he's being facetious, but if Peter was halfway through learning German on the day of Pentecost, you know, and then he speaks in tongues on the day of Pentecost, he said when he returns to class the next day, he'd be no better at German than he was the day before, right? So you know, so so there's the important right. of, of just that, that when you speak in tongues, and and this was a problem back in the early days. Some people used to say, well, you know, these missionaries can speak in tongues they don't need to do languages they can just head off you know and do missionary work with speaking in tongues but the new testament is very clear that's not how that works you know and the gift of wisdom isn't a way of saying somebody that just happens to be very clever all of these gifts are you know we've got to be careful not to demythologize them down into sort of just natural skill sets yes but there's something gifted you know, uh, about that. Peter is a great example as well. We saw Peter without the Holy Spirit. He was nervous, didn't want to admit to knowing Jesus, couldn't string sentences together. Peter with the Holy Spirit now appears to be a pretty good speaker. (laughs) Something has radically changed overnight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that's an important thing because I think you're right. I think we absolutely can say uh, and credit some of that stuff to just a natural skill set. which in fairness, I think, God still deserves the, um, the, the, the praise and glory yeah. for, because that's a, that's a part of the, the wiring of us. And that's a part of the creation piece, which again, the Holy spirit was in. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's an aspect, you know, when we understand that, um, we can say that those skill sets are still something to be celebrated oh, to yeah. God. But I do agree to for you to say that these are outpourings that are, and their manifestations in some senses, mm-hmm. um, that are maybe even not always consistent. Like they're not always there. They're moments as God's, as God works through us and his mm-hmm. spirit is at work in us, that this is coming out of us mm-hmm. as almost, uh, as this inner working is happening. And I think there's some for extended periods of time. I think there's some that are happening, you know, for specific moments and yes. right. Like, cause yeah. I, I can tell you this, I, I have prayed for, healing for many people because i just believe it's a good thing we should be doing we should be asking Mm -hmm. jesus for but i'm not watching the holy spirit heal a bunch of people every single time Mm -hmm. it happens in fact i would say it's been less right in front of my eyes 
then that has happened. Right. So I think yes. that's an important distinguishing, you know, kind of thing to have is to say it is, it's this manifestation. It's this outworking, right. Of the, uh, of the spirit mm-hmm. as it works within us. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I just pick up in, in what you're saying in, in the text that you just read, um, just in verse seven, really good. So, so you've, you've kind of caught that idea. It's a manifestation of what the spirit is doing, but I love yeah. saying for the common good. Yes. Right? yes. So, so it's for everyone as part of that community. And again, that's quite interesting. So a lot of time we have to tend to think about the Holy Spirit just as for me, but Paul says, no, 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 this is going to work for everybody in your community are going to be benefiting from that. And, and I can't ignore the fact then that, that from there, Paul drops into this pretty famous part of of 1 Corinthians uh, yeah. at the end of chapter 12 not as famous as chapter 13 admittedly but um sure. <laughs> no one's Thanks read chapter yeah. yeah I was going to say no one's read chapter 12 at a wedding that I've ever been at you know yeah. and uh, it would be funny though before we read this poem on love I have some thoughts on the holy spirit to bring some, to this ceremony some, some context <laughs> yeah but um but let's actually say something about that in a moment. But but Paul then drops in from verse 12 onwards this idea of the body, right? Yes. And there's this whole body and, and all the body has all these different parts and we relate to the parts in different in different ways. And and I think that's an important piece to build into the Holy Spirit. Why don't we all have the same gifts? Paul sort of saying, well, we all don't have the same role and we all don't have the yes. same stuff to do. And, and, and that's kind of okay. And I think this is an important thing to understand, too, when you think about um, kind of Western Christianity and, and a lot of the ways that it's kind of talked about, because there is a lot of conversation. And I mentioned it last week, if you were, you know, you were in the conversation that I had, a, I was talking to someone who was saying, you know, well, it's just about it's, uh, you know, I found God, it's just about me. And it's this individual thing. And, and that's been a strong narrative. So I don't, I don't blame this person that I was talking to because the upbringing um, and they're, you know, they were, they've been in it longer than I have even of Mm -hmm. some of this teaching that's happened within our Western world that has said, it's about me and my personal Jesus and my personal relationship. And, and, Mm -hmm. and I'm not discrediting those things. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that there isn't a personal aspect to it. But these are important teachings that we, again, have to remember to keep in balance to say, yes, there is a personal aspect to it. There is a personal aspect of the spirit at work in you and what that's doing. And, you know, to use church words of sanctification and right, like in, mm-hmm. and what and as God is at work in us. But we have to hold to the same tension, mm-hmm. this, this idea of we're participating in a larger thing beyond us. Yes. In the, in the church amongst a bunch of other people for yes. the sake of the world, um, yes. and, right? Like, and, and bringing people to, towards Jesus. Like those are all aspects that, mm. you know, I, we almost feel like we have to raise more just because of how little airtime they've kind of gotten. So I love, yeah. you know, again, this piece on the Holy spirit talking about the body is mm. actually also just a reminder for us, just as Jesus followers to say, mm-hmm if you're just an arm, you're just a limb, you're, you're not helpful. You can't yeah. do anything, right? Like, yes. Well, yes, no. And, and even right down to Paul's language of, you know, there's bits that we prioritize, you know, but then, but then there's, there's bits that we, you know, and the English translators are always very coy on this, you know, but Paul's like, and there's also bits of our body that we kind of cover up, you know, but, yes. but he's like, but actually those bits are really important to us. You know? So the fact that we it's, cover them it's up, your, keep it's them, your ankles, it's your ankles. <laughs> but Paul's like the fact, the fact that we kind of keep them covered up, there's nothing to do with them being less honorable, actually much yes. the less we treat them with more respect as a result. So, right. so actually, you know, th- there's a complexity that we understand, you know, uh, yeah. I remember my, uh, my pastor once as a kid saying, you know, you've probably never thought much about your little toe until you kick it against the table leg and break yes. it. And then, and then you realize, well, wow, this little part of my body is quite important down there. You know? Yes. Um, yes. So, so I think Paul does some brilliant work here in, uh, in first Corinthians 12 around this notion of the body and actually, and this is me giving a little bit of a spoiler away from my sermon coming up this coming Sunday, <laughs> but, but actually there's a sense in which this whole language of love 
isn't like first Corinthians 13. It, it's we take it and we extract it and we go, this is a beautiful thing about love. And we, we read it at weddings because it's lovely that everybody loves each other at weddings, but yeah, but act, please keep reading it at your weddings. If you, you know, if, if, if like that, I'm, I'm not, I have no problem with people reading it at their weddings, yes. but yeah. we should in this context, just point out that chapter 12 is about the gifts of the Holy spirit. Chapter 14 is about gifts of the Holy spirit. So I'm just going to throw it in there that chapter 13 is about gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And what Paul's saying, which is profoundly important, is just before we talk too much about these gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you don't have any love, then you better not even worry about gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yes. <laughs> because you're not going to practice this well. So there's this beautiful yeah. piece. So 1 Corinthians 13 is about the community. It's yes. about how we treat one another. It, it's not about whether you love your husband or not, whether you love your wife, it's actually about whether you love that that person a few seats away from you in church, right? Uh, totally. It's, which is quite, it really changes how we see that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good piece you pick up on there too, just this understanding of, and it's, for whatever reason, it's so easy to forget, even, you know, mm -hmm. Jesus has pushed, what are the greatest commandments, right? Like what's the greatest commandment? And he's like, mm -hmm. love God. And the other one is also really important, right? And love <laughs> yeah. people to say, like, this is the foundational piece that if you don't, you know, if you don't have love, you're just like a clanging symbol, right? Like you just, yeah. it doesn't forget the rest of it. If you can't start from a place of looking at everyone yeah. with this love that Jesus requires and asks yeah. of us, then the rest, then it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter, right? Like you can, you can chase tongues all you want, which Paul gets yes. into in, at the end of first Corinthians 12, but it, it actually doesn't matter if you don't have love. Yeah. Um, now on, I'm on that comment about tongues, Paul at the end of first Corinthians 12 in verse 27, mm -hmm. kind of down to 31 comes back to this. So after yes. he talks about, after he talks about the body uh, of Christ, mm -hmm. he, you know, he says, and God is placed in the church. First of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of of tongues. Are mm -hmm. all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. Mm -hmm. Now, what's fascinating is, you know, when you read that in our English translation, if you were to read it as a ranking system, tongues is not that high on the list. Yeah. In, you know, it's apostles to be in a, to be gifted, to be in a, like of the spirit, to be an apostle mm -hmm. is actually, if you were to look at it in the way that, you know, of our English translation, it would rank as the top one, which as a fun sidebar, you and I did a conversation a few weeks about women in leadership. Mm -hmm. We, are, we die on the hill of women can't be pastors, but we're fine with them being apostles, which <laughs> is, a, is a, right. Like when we, when we yeah. look at this, we're like, that doesn't make any sense. No, because, I know, right? <laughs> because if we're looking at this, right, we'll give them, we're fine with them taking, you know, the greatest gift, but not yes. third or fourth. Like that seems weird to us, but yes. But this is what's happened. This is what Paul's saying. He's saying, it's not all about this. Not all are apostles though, either. Not all are speaking in tongues. Well, and, and tie that all together. So verse 26, if one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If yes. one member is honored, all. So we've got that body metaphor and it's from that. And one of the beautiful things about 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14 is actually it's, it's not that complex, right? There's parts of it that are a little tough, but big chunks of it are pretty, Paul is actually at his explanatory best. He's actually making a lot of sense. So we, here's this image of the body. You understand that if I, we're not all an eye, we're not all an arm. So then, so then he then just, just to make sure we're tracking with him, he then moves it over and said, okay, let's get away from the metaphor for a second. Let me just speak plainly. Is everybody an apostle? Well, no. <laughs> so well, yes. what about is everybody a prophet? And he doesn't supply the answers to this, right? Um, now, now, <laughs> actually, let me just clarify a little bit here. He actually does. Right? He actually answers all of these questions for you. Um, and this is going to sound bad, but in Greek, right? So there's two ways of asking questions in Greek, and a lot of languages do this. English isn't one of them in our written forms. Right. But in Greek, there's a way of asking a rhetorical question, right? Where at the start of the sentence, 
you use the word no, right? and and right. Uh, and it's a way of basically saying, um, you know, like when your mom, you know, your mom sees you lowering a rope out of your bedroom window, and she says, "You're not going to climb down that, are you?" Right. <laughs> and, yeah. And we all know the the answer that I'm, we all know the answer I'm supposed to give is no. Yes. I'm not going to do that. Yes. Well, in Greek, you can phrase that grammatically. It happens in quite a few languages, and so all of these here, when Paul's asking, "Are all apostles in Greek?" I'm almost tempted to say a better way to translate it would be, so not everyone's an apostle, right? And not everyone's a prophet, right? And, right. and not everybody works miracles. And not everybody has gifts of feeling. And therefore, not everybody speaks in tongues. Like Paul definitely seems to be driving this, this sort of sequence of questions where the reader in Greek knows the implied answer is no. To be fair, you can figure that out in the English anyway. It's just a little easier uh, you know, sure. in that context. So then sure. he flows through this piece about tongues, right? And if, if you're tracking with Tyson and I, then flick over to chapter 14, and you'll see how Paul blends it together. Chapter 14, verse 1, you get pursue love and strive for spiritual gifts. So now you've just seen he takes in one sentence, he takes 12 and 13 and mushes them together, right? So, so we want you to have the spiritual gift. Um, and it's interesting, Tyson, just as a side as a sideline, verse 31 of chapter 12, I shouldn't, uh, let me just go back to it for a second. Strive for the greater gifts, but I will show you a more excellent way, which is the way of love. It's interesting that this point, and he, and he says something similar in 14.1, as you say, strive for spiritual gifts, says it again in 12. There's a slight interesting thing that, that this is the, how would you say it? He, he, he says in, in Greek, he says, be zealous for them or be jealous towards these extra gifts. The constant move of the biblical text is don't be jealous with the one single exception of when it comes to spiritual gifts, it's okay to ask for more. It's actually okay to not be content with where you're currently at, which is quite interesting. Little sidebar yeah. there that, that Paul's saying, no, it's okay to drive after this. Don't drive after worldly things. But it's yeah. okay to say to God, well, I also, I know I've got a gift of prophecy. I'd really like healing, right? You know, God, God's okay with that. But jump down into um, chapter 14, Tyson. And, and so people can read this in their own time, but I really want to just double down on what you've said there, that he now comes down and says, okay, let's talk a little bit about speaking in tongues. If somebody speaks in tongues, they build themselves up. But if somebody prophesies, builds a whole church up. And then why does Paul say this? Because if somebody just speaks in tongues, none of us know what they're saying, unless there's an interpretation. If somebody prophesies, we all know what they're saying, therefore we can make sense of it and track with that. It, right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you see yep. this definite sense, and I'm, I'm curious to how you read this in that sense. But, but Paul then says, verse 5, I'd really like it if you all spoke in tongues. Again, doubles down on this idea that not everybody in the early church is speaking in tongues. Paul's yes. saying, hey, that would be great. But then he says, although that would be great, what I actually really like is if you all were prophesying. So he, so he, he says something and immediately ups the, ups the game a little bit. Because the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, un unless somebody interprets it. And in which case, realistically, if you're speaking in tongues and someone's interpreting it, it is now just a prophecy, just done with two people right. in, in a slightly supernatural thing. Yeah. But he basically seems to want to to sort of, he wants clarity um, and he wants people to understand the work of the spirit. And so you see this sense that tongues is a very significant gift personally. If you're on your own and you have the gift of tongues, you, you know, you're praying in faith, you're speaking in tongues, that's helping you. But Paul wants to drive us towards the prophetic work of the Holy Spirit that works for the common good so that everybody can hear what and understand what's being said. So so this for me is fascinating from somebody from a Pentecostal background when we put so much emphasis on speaking in tongues. And yet yeah. Paul, he wasn't downplaying tongues. I think that I'd want to still say that, but he's saying, listen, there's also all of these other things on top of that that I'd like yeah. you to pursue. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think he's downplaying tongues either in the sense of he's not saying you know, this gift doesn't matter. I think we've, I think we actually just need to get better at saying they all matter. Yeah. They all have a place within the church and they're all to be used um, for the, the edifying of the church, the unity of the church, mm. the common good of the church. And, and, you know, for the, mm. in, in turn for then the world around the church, right that this, that this is happening. So I agree hundred percent. Paul's not saying forget tongues. Don't, don't bother. It's not an important gift. He's just, 
I think trying to suggest, let's get a better balance mm. and yes. understand that there's other stuff that the spirit wants to do through you. Yeah. And, and you see that. And then, so then if people are tracking chapter four, verse 19, or verse 18, like this is, this is Paul. He always makes me laugh when he makes comments like this. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Like, it's a good job, Paul. Way to be humble. And, uh, you know, so yeah. this is the sort of, these are the occasional verses from Paul that get him a bad rep, right? Because people go, that sounds a little bit arrogant. But notice what he says, because actually you got to read the next part and realize he's not actually. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church, I'd rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. So, so you're, you're seeing Paul beginning to create delineation that, that actually the Holy Spirit's for the common good. So if we've got 10,000 words in tongues that nobody understands what's happening, yes, other than just people watching it and going, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. But the prophetic word of God, where God speaks, you know, into our situation and gives us guidance and, and help, like Paul's like five words like that would be like way more helpful for us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, we continue to come back to this understanding um, and Paul seems to continue to circle around to it mm-hmm. that that the spirit is going to distribute the gifts as he determines. Paul makes that pretty clear in, you know, yes. in first Corinthians 12 verse 11. Um, but it, it, again, he comes, keeps circling back around to this for the common good of mm. people. That's what it's for. Seek these different gifts. Why? For the good of the church, for the good of others, for the good of the community. Right. Um, mm. And, and, you know, prayer is a part of that and how we do that is a part of it, but he keeps circling back around to the say, this is why these are important. Yes. And and then, of course, if you keep running with chapter 14, he's then going to get into some pretty detailed stuff about order and manners almost to some level. Yes. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, they, like Paul says things like, well, okay, if somebody brings a tongue, then you should wait and somebody should bring an interpretation. You know, if somebody brings a prophecy and somebody else has a word of knowledge, then they should sit and hold off while that happens. And then yeah. he even goes as far as to say, you know, and oh, and by the way, uh, I think three, any more than three and you're done, right? Uh, and, and why is he saying that? Well, because if you sit in a meeting and there's 45 words of prophecy, then you're probably going to forget some. Right? And and actually, if we're genuinely going to think that God is speaking through someone and God is, is doing something prophetic in our midst, then we probably don't want to overload and miss some of that. So, yeah. so you see this sort of real sense of Paul of bringing not chaos and disorder, but the Holy Spirit actually works within some very defined paradigms within a church setting because Paul wants us to take and, it seriously. Yeah, and again, it goes back to what we talked about in the past weeks, that the work of the Spirit, if there's chaos, is that's mm-hmm. not how the Spirit works. The spirit does not work in the midst of, you know, if it looks chaotic, if it feels chaotic, it's Mm. probably not God at work. There is this sense of order and peace, right? That, you know, in creation hovers the waters that I think still should reside when we're, you know, when we're functioning and understanding within these things to say, Mm. there still is going to be and should be that sense of order, peace. Mm. Um, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's chaotic. Yeah, yeah, and so and and so now let's do a big circle because I'm aware of our of our time constraints, sure. Tyson. But just come right back to the start then of chapter twelve. Once you've almost got that in mind, you look at the way that the spirit, the spiritual gifts that Paul lists out here. Yeah, and you actually start to sort of see how. Um, and you see, you've got the kind of list at the start of chapter 12, and then there's kind of something of a list at the end of chapter 12. Yeah. You do start realizing that they all fit into this category of, of, of common good and order, right? Yeah. So, so just looking at the text here, so somebody is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom, another, so, you know, what does that just mean? Somebody's really smart. Now that'd be more that, that somebody has a, a kind of word or a sense of God's leading and how to make a particular decision or to have, you know, a, a word of knowledge into a particular, yeah. into a particular context or setting. Um, you know, he talks about some people just having more faith. Uh, if the church is to grow in the call of God, sometimes people are just going to have 
need to have a lot of faith, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think about I think about West Side's history, and I don't want to just drop faith down into building projects, but you know, there's a period of West Side's history. They felt very much like the building that we're in was a significant place for us, and then it looked like that was not going to be possible to meet in. And the church had to, you know, somebody had to walk out in front of the church one morning and say, if we can't raise this money today, we don't get to keep meeting in this place. And and somebody had to had to have the faith to ask. And then the congregation yeah. had to have the faith to kind of all pitch in together and make that happen. Somewhere, somebody had to begin that journey with just a little bit more faith than than the average person did. Yeah. And, um, you know, and the same then gifts of healings, workings of miracles. Like we understand a lot of these these ideas because we've encountered them but these again are not just regular terms they are you know that term of it's the supernatural but if you flick over to the end of chapter 12 and i just think it's interesting that paul just you notice he throws a few extra in so you now got apostles prophets and teachers but even forms of assistance and forms of leadership he now starts to sort of bring over into the world of the Holy Spirit. Like there are some people who are just charismatically gifted to lead very well. Right. Um, and there are other people, and I've seen some of these people. We, I had a guy back in the UK and I remember being in a, in a denominational meeting and it had gone off. I know that nobody can believe that that happens in a denominational <laughs> meeting, but like it was, I mean, it wasn't it like it was getting close to you know there was it was definitely a verbal fight and there was some pretty sure. and this guy this guy stood up and i remember watching it and even as a young person you know i'd be early 20s you remember realizing wow if that's not the holy spirit this guy just settled the whole room you know just with his way and his and you thought wow i don't know that i know anybody else that could have done that and there's right. all these kind of people uh you know there's that sense there's one of these um terms paul uses is the, the term that we translate as sort of administration or leadership is actually the, the kind of the pilot of a ship right so so paul's actually thinking of the holy spirit in this very broad spectrum uh, and this is why it's really important not just tongues you know, but but actually the miraculous healings and, and signs, but also that some people are just phenomenally gifted. You know, the people. some people are prophets, but there's also teachers. You know, the, the, there's, there's teachers that you meet and you think, wow, just like there's something about, like I always say that the, the, the Holy Spirit gift of teaching isn't the ability to just teach really clearly, but it's actually something of, of, the, of something of a Holy Spirit gift inspires people to want to learn. Right. It's not just the ability that they want. So in yeah. Ephesians 411, you yeah. see this idea that the gifts are replicative, that actually right. that, that why do we need prophets and apostles and pastors and teachers? It's so that people will be released into their callings and settings. So the Holy Spirit seems to seems to do that as well. Yeah. Tyson. Yeah. And again, we're back to the community support growing. Right. Like even when you move over into Ephesians and what Paul is doing there. So maybe with our remaining 60 seconds or so, <laughs> um, if we're, if we're able to take that practically speaking, mm -hmm. how do we start to discern the, what are your thoughts anyways? I'll pitch it to you first to say what, cause it gets me out of having to answer it right away. So <laughs> I get to ask the question and then let you, let you figure it out on the fly. But practically speaking, how do we begin to discern um, when God wants, when the spirit wants to do something mm -hmm. in us for a particular gift? Um, what maybe some of our particular giftings are that are maybe not for, you know, a specific moment, but are actually mm. more like a long-term, like, you know, like the leading type gift thing, some things that are almost like just naturally continuing to be pushed in us. How do we, how do we discern that? Does that question make sense? Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, okay. Let me answer what I think you're saying. And, sure. uh, <laughs> you can tell me whether I understood you or not. Yeah, perfect. Uh, first thing I would say is this, um, it, it strikes me, um, I just, trying to think where I, I scribbled this down somewhere in, in my notes of, of where we where are we going with this um if chapter 14 verse 13 I've scribbled that down let me just jump to that for a second because I think it's interesting that um that like the one who speaks in the tongue should pray for the power to interpret um I, I like the idea that Paul gives us there that prayer is going to be a key factor of all aspects of the gifts of the spirit hmm. so yeah. so where do I begin begin with prayer 
Okay. So, and I would say that's the answer to everything to do with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, you know, do I have the Holy Spirit? Well, if you're not sure, pray to God and ask for it, right? Uh, how should I use the Holy Spirit prayerfully? Uh, the Holy Spirit should always be used prayerfully. Um, I, having worked in kind of quite highly charismatic contexts at times, we used to have people come down, uh, you know, to the front during our services and they would they would ask if they could bring a word. And I was amazed at how often that my pastoral guidance to those people were, because I pastored a lot of people, you quite regularly would find yourself saying to someone, I actually think that is something that God is saying, but I think he's saying it to you. I don't feel that's for everybody. You know, so prayerfully considered, yeah. you feel like God's saying something to you. Who's it for? Is it for everyone? Is it, you know, a scattergun of uh, approach or, or is it more targeted? Um, and, I, and then I think, the, the other thing I would always say is that God's gifts are for the common good, right? So I have also lived through a period, Tyson, where we had people prophesying and it was always doom and gloom and judgment and, and terror. And, and I've increasingly come to the opinion that, that if it's for the common good, then all gifts of the Spirit should build up, right? So, so I would yeah. say to people, yeah, that's good. You, you know, do you feel that you have a prophetic word for somebody? And most people will say, oh, I don't know. I think maybe, right? Uh, let, let's just imagine, you, you, imagine you're sat there in a church service one day or in a house church setting and you feel you have a word for somebody. Maybe the Holy Spirit's doing something and you think, man, I feel I feel like really need to gonna say this to Tyson, right? Um, like I would always, I would just stop, first stop and pray. You know, what is it I'm trying to say to Tyson? You know, am I, you know, is Tyson really annoying me? And I'm trying to now pretend that it's the Holy Spirit that's going to correct him on that, right? And that happens, right? You know, sometimes people go, they're trying to put in God's mouth something that they would love to see corrected in that person. Sure. Um, I always say to people this, is it is it uplifting? Is it encouraging? Does it build them up, right? Because the Holy Spirit's for the common good. And so if the word that you feel that you want to bring to somebody is one of those things, then just bring it, right? <laughs> so, because what's the worst that can happen, right? The worst that can happen is, it's not actually a gift of the Holy Spirit, but you were still encouraged, <laughs> lifted up, and and it was totally. for the common good. You, you, get, yep. you get what I mean? Totally. And yep. so, so I, I kind of going back. You alluded to this earlier on, Tice. I, I just like step out in faith, you know. And and you know, I have this practice of if somebody comes to my mind, I try and call them. I go, hey, how are you? And I'm fishing. Right? I'm genuinely. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not so confident in my gifts to kind of phone them up and go. The Lord would say. I don't even think you should do that. But I'll go okay. fishing, you know, hey, how are you? You know, I just wanted to catch up and, you know, and then see just, hey, if God's given me something just to sort of push in. Um, I've also found in my experience that that, that God wants you to make the, the move in faith, um, you know, and, and, and so then two, two stories I want to tell really quickly, Tyson, we're, we're over time and I apologize, but we did start late. So I'm hoping people will be a little bit forgiving to us. Two stories I want to tell. One is... Uh, somebody came. Somebody came up in my church once in in Bolton. This is just a funny story, but I want to tell you about just about the perfectionism of it, right? Somebody came up and brought a, came up to the front during a time of worship and said, "I think I have a message in tongues," right? So so they got up in the front of the whole congregation. This didn't happen too often to us, to be fair. Um, and somebody got up and they 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 brought this um, they brought this uh, this message in uh, in tongues. And then the whole team looked at me, like a whole leadership team. We used to all sit in the front row. They all looked at me and said. Well, you're the teacher going to explain this to everybody <laughs> so <laughs> so so i got up i get up onto this stage and i'm like okay so let's just talk through what's happened here so this you know this is first corinthians chapter 12 13 and 14 you know this is a message in tongues we're now looking for somebody to have the interpretation and i kind of talked everyone through you know you know i believe that somebody here will have a gift that god will have put something in their heart that is an interpretation to this well this this person gets up and and they were like super nervous and they brought an interpretation and the person that brought the tongue came up and said i really feel that resonance and it really blessed a couple of people and it was definitely a move of the Holy Spirit. Well, the same thing happened again the following week and the same person comes back to bring the interpretation. Uh, but in the process of trying to explain to the congregation that they were quite nervous about being up for the second week in a row, and they said, when I was stood in my seat and I felt God giving me the, 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 um, you know, the, the, the word of, of interpretation. They said, my first thought was, and they swore, right, in front of the whole church, right? And, and then they said, but God told me I had to come up and say it, right? And then as they were about to, they realized, I just swore in front of the whole church. So they swore again about swearing in front of the whole church. 
<laughs> now, to our eternal credit as a community, nobody was phased. Everybody was just so excited that this this person who was relatively new to faith had actually right. just really was operating the gift of spirit. And I love that sense of it's not perfectionism we're looking but, for. But and right? I think that's something really significant that you're saying there. Someone mm. new in their, you know, faith, ex- like their faith journey mm. is having the spirit working in them. And there's yes. not a perfection piece in them. And yes. that the spirit can actually work through, like, it's not the spirit has can only work through you once you've completed mm. alpha been baptized yes. um right fill in the blanks of whatever you think would cause maturity there's Excellent. actually this sense of you've stepped into the journey with jesus the spirit can be at work in you and it's yeah. not going to come out clean exactly exactly and it's, it's phenomenal you know and then the second story is i had another friend who uh, brilliant brilliant church planter in, in, in the city um, near where I used to live. And he had a rule in his church that you couldn't, you couldn't bring, uh, you couldn't consistently bring spiritual gifts to the church if you weren't practicing them out in the city. Right. So, so he, he was like, he was like, if, you know, if, if you can, if every week you've got a word of prophecy, he's like, so are you bringing prophetic words in your workplace and everything like that? You know? And, and so, so he was out talking with somebody once and he was having this conversation with them. And, and he said, what do you think your gift is? And they said, I feel like God gives me words, words of kind of knowledge for people. And so they're sat in Starbucks. So, so my friend and, and, and this lady are sat in Starbucks having this conversation. So my friend, cause he is a little cheeky. Um, he says to her, Okay, he says. Well, well, do you have a word of knowledge for anybody in this in this Starbucks right now? <laughs> and um, and so she goes. And you might think this story's nuts, right? But I'm just going to tell it anyway. And she goes, um, "Yeah, actually, I do." <laughs> She's that that business couple over there that are having looks like a business meeting. And so my friend says, "Well, why don't you go talk to them?" <laughs> so she gets up and she walks across this Starbucks in a in a in a, in a British city. And sits down next to these, pulls up a chair, sits down next to this couple, and she, she says, "So this is going to be really weird." <laughs> she said, "She says oh, I'm a Christian." She says, "And I believe that God has given me a word to share with the two of you." Uh, she said, "And all I want to say is simply this." <laughs> she said, "Whatever you're thinking of of kind of ending and bringing to a close, I feel like God is just saying." Don't give up just yet. Right? And so she says this to these two business people, man and a lady are business people. Well, they both start to cry. Right? And so it turns out that this couple are married, okay? But their business lives have become so hectic and busy that they don't see each other hardly anymore. So they've scheduled time in their, in their calendars that they're both in the same city at the same time to sit down and begin to plan how to work out their divorce, right? And so while they're sat in this scheduled meeting, which is the only yeah. time they've got, this person walks up and goes, hey, listen, God just wants you to know, just don't give up on anything just yet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, like for me, I'm like, come on, like that's, yeah. that's where I want to see God's spirit working. It's not, to be honest with you, it's not necessarily in the safety of, a, of, of my house, but it's actually that God would, like, this is what you see in Acts, isn't it? That God's working through people in a way that he radically impacts people's lives and changes them. And, uh, I mean, I just think it's not my story. It's my friend's story, but I tell it as if it's my own story because I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's always cool to hear when it shows up, but I think you're bang on. And maybe this is where we land it to say it, it, it comes with faith. It comes through prayer. Mm. It comes through being willing to take a step. I think it's, yeah. it takes learning um, and be okay to misstep. I think in some senses, because God delights in you yeah. and knows your heart and your thought process and, Right. Like, I think my, my daughter just learned how to ride a bike. She just learned. And, you know, you, you push her, she tries to pedal, she falls over, she scrapes her knee, she cries. She says, I'm not sure I want to get on the bike. Mm. I nudge her, she gets back on the bike and off she goes. I I can't get that picture out of my head as I Mm. think about, you know, how I'm working a lot of this stuff out in my own faith to say, Mm. God is, you know, the parent that's mm. delighted, that's delighting in yeah. the effort to say, you got back up, you kept pedaling, you went and you tried again. And I, I can see your, tr- I can see your genuinely, your genuine effort. Yeah. Um, and so keep, keep pushing, be courageous. Yeah.